Hello, and welcome to Tuesday Thanks, presented by Leeds Hospitality Group. I'm your host, Brian Proctor. Join me as we sit down to chat with yet another industry leader. Our guests come from a wide range of professions across the globe. We'll take the time to learn about their journey, where it started, and where they are today. We use this opportunity to allow the guests to thank an individual or individuals that played a key role in their career understand what they learned from the experience and how they have incorporated it into their own development and growth. Gratitude is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness. Not only can it help your mental well-being, it can also improve your physical health. So join us as we share some great stories, thank a lot of wonderful people, and of course, share some laughs. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Tuesday's Thanks. Fair warning, you may need to buckle up for this one, as I'm joined today by two very dynamic and energetically young ladies whose podcast, WTF, Walk the Floors, was recently named one of the top 35 hospitality podcasts of 2023 by the International Hospitality Institute. In addition to this, they are both founders of their own hospitality consulting firms, Klein Hospitality Consulting, and first-rate hospitality. So please join me in welcoming to the show, Michelle Klein and Stephanie Leger. Ladies, thanks so much for taking the time to join me today. I truly appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. We're so happy to be here. Thank you, Brian. Well, thank you. So truth be told, I've never done an interview with two people, so (laughs) this may go awry, but we're just going to have some fun and kind of go with the flow and I'm going to start it off as I always do, and I'm just going to start with, we'll start with Michelle for no other reason than her bios in front of me. So mm-hmm. let's get to the beginning of how you got to the hotel business. I mean, you went to school, I believe, at the UWC Atlantic College? I did Atlantic College. It was mainly just a course, but I went to school back in Argentina, where I'm originally from. Right. I came into the U.S. 20-something years ago, and just like many people, you end up in the hospitality industry. And I have a background in communication and public relations, so for me, that was something that I thought I could do, right? And mm-hmm. I completely fell in love with it. On and, so, and so what was your first gig in the hospitality field then? My very first gig on the field was as a barista, and I cannot tell you how much I enjoyed that job. (laughs) And thereafter, any job, like, give me a broom, I'm happy, right? (laughs) I am the crazy person that will walk the back of the house hallways and be excited about it. Oh, you're one of those. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Wow. And so barista is great because I am a huge coffee lover. So that's probably where our connection probably started. And then you joined a company called The Service Company. And you had quite a long, successful run with them. Very long, long enough. (laughs) And very successful. I started as a casino porter that didn't last very long. I started moving up from there and ended up overseeing the Western Division. So it was anything between the Rocky Mountains and the state of Hawaii. 
and the office was on the East Coast. So I was always on three different time zones continuously. And, you know, the beautiful things about traveling, all those things. So you are immersed in what you're doing as you are visiting your property. And then you go back and you catch up on everything that happened on the other time zones until well, 11 p.m. So, so yeah, till, till 11 p.m. You So for the listener in Topeka, Kansas, what was the service company? I mean, so the service because- company is a managed services company. They do two different things. On the one hand, they are very good at finding the right talent for the right hospitality positions. So staffing as a service. And then on the other hand is either specialty cleaning or turnkey housekeeping or turnkey anything really. So any managed services where here's the key, do what you got to do, take it from there. Oh, wow. Okay. So, all right. So now jumping over to Stephanie and again, bear with me listeners, because this is all new to me for going this way. So you, I know, went to Florida Gulf Coast University for hospitality and tourism. So you knew going in, I'm going in the hotel business, I'm assuming. Yeah. It was even before that. It was really when I was 17 and still in high school that I needed a job and I knew that the Ritz-Carlton in Naples paid the most. So went there and uh, they were a, a huge partner of Florida Gulf Coast University. The hospitality program was just starting off. And so then I was kind of just how things went of the the next steps to, you know, having this good job at the Ritz-Carlton and then going, starting my college career as well. Now, were you going to school and still working at the Ritz-Carlton in Naples? So were you a kids coordinator and going (laughs) to school? Yes. So I I was actually, this is at the time now that I was a, the evening MOD. So here I am, I think I was 20, 21 years old and going to Florida Gulf Coast University at the same time, full-time. So full-time working, full-time school. And then at night, with being the MOD. So when the guests complain, they're like, oh, I need to speak to your manager. You know, here comes me. <laughs> but it was a great time that, you know, my executive team, who I give thanks to, is because they knew that I could be able to, to handle it. And then giving me that opportunity to, you know, really having so much responsibility at such a young age. And, you know, to be honest, this was way back where school and hospitality, whereas you would hire someone more of experience than their education. And so, you know, it's definitely a, a conversation that I had to put school on hold at that particular time, but I eventually went back to get my degree. But yeah, I just then was seeing how already at such a young age of moving up the ladder that I decided, you know, put school on hold and continue moving up the corporate ladder. You know, we talked about this. I'm trying to rack my brain as to which guest we were talking about. We've Mm -hmm. talked about this whole MOD thing on Mm -hmm. on other shows, previous shows. And it's always amazing to me because I was 25 years old when I helped open the Sheraton in Halifax, Nova Scotia. And I Got to be honest with you, I was 25 and I looked 12. Yeah. You must have, I mean, you're a very young looking person anyways, but so you, I can only imagine if you were 20 something, you know, 20 years old. And the fact that they gave us control 
of these mm -hmm. multi-million dollar assets. Now you were at a Ritz Carlton. I was at a little Sheraton, right? You're at a Ritz Carlton and here you are in charge of the whole place at 20. That, that to me yeah. is just remarkable. Yeah. And then I would be having, you know, the managers for, you know, the other departments like food and beverage who, you know, were, you know, basically could be my grandparents mm -hmm. <laughs> and then having to be like, okay, I'm doing my walks and checking in. What are we doing? This guest came and, you know, had mentioned that the timeliness of service or the quality of food and following up with them. And, you know, they had to give me that respect back and taking that information that I was providing to them. So seeing where the breakdown was and then, you know, going through our follow-ups too. Yeah. So M Michelle, going back to your days at the service company. So I always like to talk a bit, boy, did that sound Canadian to you guys when I just said that? <laughs> you don't really uh, sound Canadian, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, every once in a while I'll hear myself and say, oh my God. But anyways, I digress. So how many times did you have to move around with the service company or were you one of those fortunate people who kind of got into one city and stayed there? I was one of those fortunate people that got into one city and stayed there. And anytime I moved, I moved because that was my choice. However, I want to say that I lived out of a suitcase for many, many years, many years where, you know, people would be like, what do you do for a living? And I would explain and they would go like, oh, that is so cool. And I'm thinking to myself, like, not really. Like I literally live out of a suitcase. I eat the same food at every hotel that I go. Cause even though the brands are different, the food is pretty much the same, right? You never sleep in your bed. You never shower in your own bathroom. So it's not as exciting, but then you have the other side of, I am able to stay in my own city as I choose. And then being able to see amazing places and being able to work with people from different markets that give you a very different perspective. Yeah. Well, it also works out too that it, you never, not never, but you rarely mm -hmm. go to a city that you don't know somebody in. Yeah, that's true. Right. That is very, and, very true. You know, I've always enjoyed that aspect of it because I'll just, you know, zip out in the car and I'll say, I'm going here. And, you know, you just mm -hmm. put the word out on, However, you get word out, hey, I'm gonna be in, I'm gonna be in Nashville next week. And then five people pop up and say, Hey, I'm I'm there. Let's get together for, you know, breakfast or something. So yeah. so Stephanie, how about you? Because with the Ritz Carlton, they probably moved you around, but I know you Florida, New York, mm -hmm. I think were two main stays for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, that's what, you know, a great opportunity to then growing up in Naples, Florida, and then having the opportunity to transfer to New York City. Most people, it's the opposite. They're up north and trying to transfer to, to Florida. But I just wanted to, you know, see the world. And I always knew that worst comes to worst, I could come back to the, the property, figure out my, my next move, and then live in New York City for about seven years, had an opportunity also to, in between that, to live in Napa Valley, where I was with Forbes Travel Guide and living out of my place too. And then when I met up with Michelle, working with the service companies, I would be the one that would go and 
visit her properties on the West Coast. And that's the same thing of just living out of the, the suitcase. A lot of people think that it's such a glamorous opportunity, but it's, you know, there's a lot that goes into it too, that you miss out on, you know, friends' birthdays or happy hours or celebrating holidays with family or just being able to say, I just want to like, just relax on the couch. <laughs> yeah. People will always, you know, say, oh yeah, it's tough for you. And then they say, well, wait a minute. You're working for Forbes. You're only doing five-star <laughs> reviews. You're at like the world-class re- hotels that none of us can afford to go at. So while I could feel a little empathy for you, I'm going to draw the line. Yeah. Thing. You know, yeah, I, would- and I think there's also something to, to be said about the fact that you learn to cherish the little things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And if you have a spouse mm-hmm. or if you have, you know, family around you or people that you see on, on a regular basis, you learn also to put some of those differences aside because you don't get to see them that often. So when you're there with them, you want to make the best out of the time you have together because you know you're going to have to turn around and get back on the road. Yep. Yes. It, yes. It, I remember I, this is a weird story. So we used to have to go to Bora Bora to open the St. Regis Bora Bora. I know it's, again, everybody would say, oh, it sounds so glamorous, right? But they don't realize it's a 13 and a half hour flight from JFK to mm-hmm. Tahiti. And then you have to jump over and a puddle jumper. And I always tell the story in, in business class in Air Tahiti Noi Noi, the big airline, the owner was the same owner of the St. Regis. So he always put us up there. And one flight, it was like, you know, if anybody going to Tahiti is going to be either getting married on a honeymoon or on an anniversary. And I would be the only guy up there actually going to work, right? So people would keep saying, would you mind switching your seat because I wanna sit with my wife or my fiance? And and at one one flight, I finally just stood up and said, you guys figure out where you're all sitting. There's gonna be one seat left. I'll take it, go from there. Yeah, Everyone looked at me and said, you're working on it. But anyways, now the whole different- We were the only one who's dressed up in a very specific way. And I was yeah. the only one with a laptop and drinking coffee <laughs> on the plane. So, you know, I, I was a loser. I hear you. Uh, let's get back to you guys. So when did you guys hook up? In 16 or 17? When you Is that when oh, you guys were together? Six, or before I don't know, that? Stephanie? Fifth, fifth, 15 or 16. When I want to say at- 16. Yeah. So crazy story is here I am leaving New York. Where do you go and move after there of like your next big city? And so I wanted to, at the time, be on a a yacht (laughs) instead, like the blow deck thing was coming out, getting ready to come down to Florida for all my certifications to be, you know, living the life in the Mediterranean, now working on these yachts. And I get a call, it was like two or three days before I'm supposed to leave New York City. And a friend of mine reached out and says, hey, there's a company, they need someone to assist with doing training and auditing and helping out with doing these openings for accounts. It just so happens their first account that, or their account that they need help with next is in New York City. So I was like, all right. And I was kind of like, I think this is a reason that everything happens for a reason. And I shouldn't be going on these yachts and living this boat life, but I should still be continuing on with the hotels. And so, yeah, so then I was like, all right. So I then went to a property in New York, helped them with the opening. And then from there started moving my way over to the West Coast and helping out on their properties and doing audits. And then that's how Michelle and I 
met and the rest is history. <laughs> well, yeah. So let's talk about that history. So how did you guys, Michelle, come together? And I mean, WTF, I think <laughs> you guys started only in 2021 though, right? Officially. Yeah. Well, it's a funny story. We, when Stephanie gets hired to perform the audits, to me, she was a godsend. Because from now on, I don't have to be on the road as much doing the extracurricular things. Mm -hmm. Then I don't have to send my people to openings because now there's someone there, right? Who knows what they're doing. So I was part of the, there was a very small selected group that had put together these audits and we were going to launch them. And this was exciting. There comes Stephanie. Some mm -hmm. of my team members were not as excited about her coming on properties <laughs> Because obviously they were perfectionists and we run a very tight ship and they didn't want someone coming in and saying, oh, I'm going to point you for this, right? Mm -hmm. But her and I hit it off right off the bat because we both thought the exact same way and it was just fabulous. So as we go through this process and then, you know, she ends up in various other projects with the organization or moves out and then doing other things, we always stayed in touch. And as we stayed mm -hmm. in touch, there was one common denominator, which was as we go through our visits to the different properties, even when we're on vacation, we just can't turn it off. So what we would do is we would take pictures on our phones of different things that we were like, are you kidding me right now? This is incredible. Like, how does no one even see this? This is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So we would send the pictures to each other with a very interesting caption, which is where Walk the Floors comes from, right? So back in 2021, out of like nowhere and kind of as a joke, Stephanie sends me a text saying, you know what? We should call this WTF Walk the Floors and <laughs> make it public, right? And then we started, you know, our gear started turning and thinking, this is great. Every single hotelier out there has a story to tell. So why don't we just create a platform where it's a safe environment, we're obviously keeping it clean, and we want to make sure that no brands are, are trashed or anything, but where we can openly celebrate these crazy mouth-opening moments that are so fun, but not a lot of people will tell those stories publicly. So that's how this all started. And then from there, we decided to, we did a lot of work together throughout the years, but we decided to finalize it and, and, you know, put it on paper. And we have a training program that is six different modules where we work on very specific skills that team members are going to use with guests. And then team members are going to use with within the back of the house in the lines of communication and service and leadership. And so it, that's how it kind of evolved and now we work on on being having some sort of presence in any of the conferences that have to do with the industry, you know, continuing to promote our passion for the industry. I think that's our motto. So, yeah. Stephanie, are you guys, so I know you have, you've both got your individual companies, right? So Michelle's Klein Hospitality, your first-rate hospitality, this program is it under the WTF moniker or how have you, how do you market that through, through the WTF? 
Yeah, it is through the WTF. And you know what it's great is that with Klein Hospitality, really focusing on the, the leadership and diving in into employee culture and DEI, and where First Rate Hospitality really is focusing on the service side, like the actual technical of this is how you should do housekeeping or be at the front desk and how to be able to elevate it to a luxury service as well, instead of just say, say a, a courtyard, depending on who the client is. Mm -hmm. So with both of us, we really are able to complete each other of giving now this full round of training for clients and also too in a fun way with our personalities showing too. Well, now first, Michelle, thanks for telling the story because <laughs> on my Leeds Hospitality group side, I do what you guys do, right? I look at when I, I'm on the road still a lot now and I look at things and you just the WTF, the other version of it, is what I come up with. And I've I've been on this rampage lately of two things in rooms. And it'll, I'd love to get your take on this. Is one of the things to me, a good hotel experience or good room experience is the quality of the shower. Mm -hmm. And I applaud the fact that all these companies are now going green and using the pump action things. My bone of contention is where they're putting the pump action things on the wall, right? Because there's so much real estate, everything, you know, and it just irks me and I've got pictures and everything. And I, I put it out there, I get a lot of responses back, but when they put the pumps right under the shower head, so you're basically getting water in your face as you're trying to figure out which one's a shampoo, which one's a conditioner, that just drives me up the wall. Yeah. So, and and even for the housekeeping as well as, you know, how they have it, you know, holding the the pumps and they have to usually use a key to being able to unlock it. And then, you know, a room attendant, you know, that's like put on there tight and now they don't have the strength to unkey it or the way that key needs to be put in, you know, their fingers don't fit into it as well. It's just, you know, even for the guests, but also too on the employee mm -hmm. side, a lot of the logistics or I like it too is when I was actually recently, I sent Michelle a photo when I was in Vegas and there was ones that were just missing <laughs> and just not even there. Well, I, I checked the I, I'm going to give you the tactical ago. answer. Go ahead, Michelle. I'll give you the tactical answer, which is pretty much that is 100% deficient planning and poor execution. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So simple. Yeah. Because you're well, not only not thinking about how is this going to be used, but you're also not thinking about how is this going to be maintained? Now you have water running all over the dispensers constantly. So you'll probably have engineering in the room more often than they should so that they can repair whatever holds that dispenser. And then how is your housekeeper, your guest room attendant able to see through that beautiful container that you mm -hmm. came up with, right? That some vendor selected for you and they have no idea what the day-to-day -day looks like, where now your housekeeper has no clue if that is failed or not. Yes. So it's, yeah. Okay, well, now that I know you guys send pictures, I'm just going <laughs> to forewarn you that you may get some emails from me now with pictures of my travels because I do that, all, same thing with the guest room safe. Out of, you know, we were at seven, seven hotels over a period of you know, 12 nights or something. Four of the safes didn't work. You know, one wasn't even attached 
to the cabinet. So you, it worked, but all you'd have to do is pick up the safe and take it with you, right? <laughs> and then so many times it's already locked and I can't get in or the battery's yeah. low. And it's like, does that, do they not check a room? I know in the old days when I was young, there was a floor supervisor who checked every room unless the room attendant was good enough that they earned an extra 25 cents an hour and they could self-check and all that kind of stuff. But it's just maddening to me that that's still going on. And I'm not staying in dumpy little, mm. you know, Motel 6s. No offense to Motel yeah. 6s. But I'm staying in very nice three, four, five-star hotels. And it's crazy across the board. So you guys yeah. must be busy. Oh, yes. And it's not here. You know, we make fun of the different scenarios and, you know, point things out. But it really, we're on the employee side, on the leadership side mm -hmm. of saying, okay, let's see how we see now this is the setup that, you know, may have come from corporate and there's nothing we can do with it. But now let's see how we can be able to work with it to seeing the best that we can do to making the guests feel comfortable and then also to the efficiency for the housekeeping staff you know going back to with the the pumps but that really you know helps for the the hotel you know we're not coming in and being like oh you're doing this wrong this wrong and i'm telling your your boss it's really okay let's look at the situation let's look at the the department or the team and seeing now how can we be able to get things whether it be just back to basics or being able to elevate and getting the, the team where they need to be. Yeah. So, all right, well, I'm just going to forewarn you. You may get some email. <laughs> if you see emails from me now, you know why, because I, I do that great. all the time. You will post <laughs> yeah. them and then tag you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, go to my lead hospitality LinkedIn thing. I, I take pictures and you just kind of put your arms up and say, who was thinking yes. this through? Or, why? Did you say, why? Yeah, and, yeah. And I've done hundreds, literally hundreds of model room reviews for new builds and renovations in my career. And it always amazes me where, you know, you say designer, okay, sit in that chair mm -hmm. and tell me how I'm going to work and see the TV with the way that you've got it set up. Yeah. And, and they just, you know, you just have to kind of walk them through. So you know, I, I've got to believe between the two of you over the years with what you've been doing, you've seen some really strange things, but we'll, we'll behave and not, <laughs> yes. I won't ask for any WTF moments. Well, I was going to say too, is, you know, how you're looking from it, from the guest point of view, you mm -hmm. know, with Michelle and I's background, especially a lot of it being in housekeeping, we look also too of like, here the designers come and they, you know, saying, oh, this is the fabric that we're going to use or the color of carpet or um, the, the material for the guest's robe. And the first thing I think about is, okay, this is going to be not durable after two weeks. Not, not functional. <laughs> yeah. Or also, too, is now, you know, carpet. We're going to have to now just hire a full-time, like, carpet cleaner to be enabled or, you know, for the pillows, like, the even the covers don't even come off. There's not even a zipper. They just sewed them that way, and that's how they, they came. And, yeah, it's really, you know, it's hard and for just the hotel to be able to operate and turn the, the room, let alone for now the guests not even being comfortable. Yeah. So how does, just to make sure the, again, the listener mm -hmm. speak Kansas knows how to get a hold of you, young lady, <laughs> how do they find you to help them 
develop these, you know, not develop, but actually work the checklist and work the programs? Is it best to go through the WTF podcast or do you guys have a website? What's the best way for people to find you guys? Well, I would say LinkedIn, that's really where being able to connect with both of us on our profiles, on our company profiles, and also to on the WTF. And then also to just by emailing info at kleinhospitality.com or info at firstratehospitality.com. And we'll make sure then to being able to set up a call and seeing how we could be able to assist the property. Yeah. Super. So listen, um, like I said at the very beginning, I knew this was going to go off the track and, and not be a typical Tuesday thanks call. So I thank you two for being so kind as to, we didn't really get into the journey as much as we normally do, but I, I just love talking with you guys. So I kind of let it go, but it is Tuesday after all. And so Tuesdays are the day or is the day that we like to give thanks to people. So I'll do this one at a time and I'll start with, I started with Michelle at the beginning. So I'm going to start with Stephanie to allow you to thank some of those people that have helped you along the way and what kind of impact they had on you. Yeah. So I would, you know, first to start off of thank you to, to Michelle. I mean, we really have been on an incredible journey together and our late night text messaging or early morning because of our time differences and, and traveling and, you know, and seeing things that we never thought that we would be able to accomplish, like how you had mentioned with our award, with the podcast, and then also to our award a few years ago with training. And it, it really, has been such a fun journey. It's just the beginning. So kudos to Michelle and thank you so much for being part of it. And we really, you know, balance each other out of sometimes, you know, being crazy, being like, oh, we should do this and that. It's like, well, let's look at this from the, the bigger picture. So definitely thanks to Michelle. And then also too, of just thanks to, you know, everyone that I've worked with al along the way. Ha everyone has had some piece of, you know, my success. And then also too, of, I hope giving back my success to others as well of being part of the journey, working with them, helping them out too with, you know, going through their own transition of, oh, should I, you know, go and start my own thing? I'm looking to move to a different city or go to a different brand and being able to, you know, as a friend, giving them some insight. Yeah, just thanks to everyone that I've been part of, you know, Naples, New York, Napa, everyone, the world. The world, there you go. <laughs> Yes. Those, are, those were some pretty good destinations, Naples, <laughs> New York, and Napa. They all start with an N. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a theme there. Yes. That's awesome. Michelle, what about you? So I'm, I'm going to piggyback on what Stephanie said. Number one, thanks, Stephanie, for trusting the process, right? When we made the decision of taking this public, and then from there we decided to create a training program. Why? Because people have to see this and people have to hear it, right? So like she was saying, there's so much synergy between us that it makes job not only fun, work not only fun, but it also makes it easy because we keep mm -hmm. each other grounded. So that's just a blessing right there. The other thing where I'm piggying back, piggying back on, there's when you know, the language barrier kicks in with Stephanie is anyone who has crossed my path throughout my career. Why? Because everyone left some sort of imprint 
in my life because I am a strong believer in you either win or you learn. So we learn from anyone around us. And there's a very specific reason why we cross paths with specific people. So as long as we're able to become aware of that, then it's it's this gigantic network of happiness that is super cool to look back and think, you know what, that was a sucky situation, but I wouldn't have done it unless that person would have been around, right? Yeah. Either in a positive or negative way. And then obviously you can spend the whole day thanking people because I, you know, gratitude is the number one thing. But there is someone very, very special in my career. I always say that I never really had a mentor, like a, an official mentor. I was a sponge and I was very intelligent on how I spent my time. So I would observe and I, as you know, as a good introvert, we are observants and that's what we do. And I would take notes and I would ask questions, but there is one particular person that opened a very important door for me. And the door that this person opened was a door that the organization I worked for was not ready to explore, but because the advice came from him the opportunity became available, which was no, I, I, I ended up being the first female vice president and I was very young for the organization that I was working for. And, you know, I'm a very male driven organization where back in those days, you had to, if you were a woman, you had to prove yourself before anything happened. Mm -hmm. And if you were a guy, it was mainly like, oh, okay, great. Yeah, sure. I believe in you. High five. Let's do this. Right. So this very special person opened that door for me and had a, a very candid conversation with the leadership team at the time and said, why are you still looking? The person mm -hmm. you need is right in front of you. My, my operations were always running very smooth. I had very high scores. My revenue was in the right place, you know, we continue to grow and all those beautiful things, very profitable and so on. And that person is someone that grew in the hospitality industry. Larry Lewin from Lewin International, amazing person. We still stay in touch to this day. Someone who has been candid with me, who has given me feedback with care and with love so that I could take it with me and, and run with it. And I will be forever grateful to him, not only for leaning in and truly taking me under his wing to have those important and serious conversations throughout my career, but also for kicking that door open for me. That's awesome. That is fantastic. Any, and, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but with March 8th having been the, <laughs> International Women's Day. Any women that come to mind with you guys that were kind of mentors as you were coming up through the to, through the ranks as you saw as somebody, and maybe they never even mentored you, but you saw them and how they worked and stuff. Any anybody come to mind? And again, I don't want to put you on For the spot. Me, any sing, every single one of them. Wow. From the guest room attendant to that female valet attendant that is the only one, only female in the group 
to mm -hmm. the director that was above me when I was just a supervisor and starting my career and had a big belly and, you know, she was still working eight months into the pregnancy to anyone really around me. You know, the inspiration that we get, and I know Stephanie feels the same way from being involved. Like I didn't have mentors. I mm -hmm. became that mentor. So mm -hmm. we are both, Stephanie and I, very involved in all the women groups that you can think of where we mentor people, we coach them, we continue to craft that path or to put those bricks down that someone put ahead of us so that they have that yellow brick road that will eventually take them to the castle. Yeah. Well, yes. that's a great well, answer. Well said. And that for me, it's piggyback on you, Michelle, is yes, for all the women that, you know, have been in my life through the hospitality industry, but I really want to point out for Deanne Connolly Graham, she was a rock star here in Miami, especially in the hospitality industry and really became a mentor when I moved here because I didn't know anyone when I moved to Miami and no one knew first rate hospitality. And she really took me under her ring and explained, you know, the different networking and got me in front of some key players here in the Miami area. Area. Unfortunately, she passed away last year mm -hmm. and they, with the Miami Beach Chamber of Commerce, they have an award named after her for Outstanding Woman of Business, which I will be receiving as oh, the wow. first recipient. Ooh. And it's truly an honor because she really, you know, had a huge impact, not only in my life, but so many others here in the community and so, you know, and there's been a lot of celebration with her this, you know, for this month of honoring for women in history. Oh, breaking news. Another award for Miss <laughs> Leger. You're going to, you're going to need a bigger <laughs> shelf. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. But and then well, thank you to you, Brian, as well for. No, you you're know, not, you're not allowed to thank the host. That just doesn't, <laughs> you're not allowed. No, but it's, this has been a great of, you know, our, our starting journey together, having you on our podcast as well and being here and keeping the engagement also too with one another on, but it's been so fun so far. So thank you. Well, I've had a blast mm -hmm. and I, I, so I'll just thank you too. And in the essence of time, cause I know you guys have lives and do real work as opposed <laughs> to me, I will end the show here with a big thanks to you too. It's been great to know you guys. I think we could sit here and talk for another hour and, and <laughs> wouldn't realize that nobody would listen to it two hour podcast. But so I'll end as normally as I do, which is to remind everybody that it is Tuesday. And on Tuesday, we like to go thanks people. They will appreciate it. And you're going to feel pretty good thanking them. So again, ladies, thank you so much for being on the show. Love the stories, love the journey, love the podcast. Keep doing a great job and we shall see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. you enjoyed the show today and thanks so much for tuning in we really appreciate it if you would like to be a guest on the show so that you can thank someone for their role in your career please reach out to me via our tuesday thanks website at www.tuesdaysthanks.com remember a sincere thank you goes a long way to making someone feel appreciated and can make their day so until next time be well be safe, and please don't be afraid to tell someone thanks. Chat soon.